Welcome back, Change Cultivators listeners. We have an exciting conversation we're about to start here. We're going to change from a slightly different angle. I don't often get to use the word legendary. It might actually be a fun drinking game for us to capture how many times during this conversation we are about to have that that word may come up. I'm excited to have Tommy Breedlove here. Tommy's a fellow Atlantan does a lot of work in business and relationship and mindset coaching around the world. He is also the author of the best-selling book, Legendary, A Simple Playbook for Building and Living a Legendary Life and Being Remembered as a Legend. Tommy, welcome. Patrick, what an honor, brother. It's interesting that you said we're going to build a le- uh, drinking game around Legendary. Burt Weiss, who's a big radio show, syndicated radio show based out of Atlanta, I'm on his show a lot, and apparently I say the word brother a lot. And they actually did start a drinking game on how many times I say brother. So, Patrick, I'll try not to say brother a lot, my brother. <laughs> hey, hey, we can double down on the words for drinking games. I'm totally cool with this along the way. So let, let's dig in, right? So let's dig in on that word, legendary, right? Why that word? Like, why did that word some, somehow hook you? And, and why write a book about it, right? So give yeah. us the lowdown on that word. Yeah, legendary. What a great question. And so... In a world that everybody is Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn fabulous, right? Where we put all best selves out to the world, where you know we say we're influencers or writers or author or consultants or executives or CEOs. And yes, those probably all are true. But what I love about the word legendary, if Tommy Breedlove or Patrick or Wesley or Gareth or whoever says they're legendary, most people would laugh us out of the room, right? And so what I love about the word legendary is it's given to us by our peers, our network, our families, culture, and society. And you can either be an unbelievably powerful legend or a horrific legend and everything in between. And it has nothing to do with power, money, and status, although those things are important. I'm the first to tell you those are important. However, it's about, did we live a life of purpose and significance? Did we live a life where our time was our time with purpose with intimate relationships with our family, our friends, building a great network, and did we leave a lasting meaning, legacy, and significance? And so that's why I picked the word legendary. And I think if we do those things, and if we leave our planet, our businesses, our legacies, our families, and our societies better than we found them, hopefully when our short time on this precious earth comes to an end, someone will say, Patrick lived a legendary life. Well, that's a challenge. Okay, I got it. So not too, it. Many, not too many <laughs> business people get up in the morning as they're getting their thing and they're looking at their to-do lists and they're figuring out how to go in and say, man, there's all kinds of things going. I've got to lead this team to do that. I'm not sure that word is something top of mind to them along the way. It's saying like, like I've, got to live my, I've got to live my meaning today to be legendary and how I lead my team and, and work. So how do you help business leaders coach through that? How do you help them say, no, 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 that's actually a badge. You got to wear that badge every day and you got to go in and take it. Well, the key is you don't have to be legendary every single day of your life. Legendary is where that's a legacy. What you have to be is a little bit better than you were yesterday. You have to do your best. And sometimes your best is a six out of 10. Sometimes your best is an eight out of 10. Sometimes your best is a 10 out of 10. But if you get up and if the first thought, brother, Patrick, if you say, well, I've got to lead a team, I've got significant change, the world's blowing up, you have lost the day. If you start there, you're lost. But if you start with a smile on your face and a thank you and a little bit of gratitude and, hey, I've got this, and, hey, I'm going to put my best foot forward, my leadership hat, my management hat, my organizational hat, my family hat, and I'm just going to strive to be a hair bit better than I was yesterday in all facets of my life, 
then each day, you know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day. Patrick, it was built brick by brick, and all of a sudden buildings started to appear. And that's all we got to do. But if you wake up stressed, overwhelmed, insecure, or you think the sky is falling professionally or personally, you've lost a day, I would recommend going back to sleep, setting your alarm again, and starting over one more time. I so love it. We just did a podcast capture in the past two weeks with two, two women execs who are running the Special Olympics Games next year down in Orlando, and they're putting this together. And they brought up the, 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 the athlete, the Special Olympics athlete, Chris, Chris Nickett. I think maybe pronouncing his wrong name. And Chris is the first person with Down syndrome who actually finished an Ironman triathlon. Oh, wow. Did it by the hair of his teeth. Just a couple of minutes, that path when they're going to cut him off. And his mantra is be 1% better today than you were yesterday, right? And so that whole thing that you're talking about there is like, I don't got to go conquer the mountain today. I've just got to make 1% better. And it's just such a, it's such a refreshing thing. And somebody who struggled like Chris to, to do that, it's just like be 1% better than you were today. And I hear that in what you just said. Absolutely, man. And so goals, goals are meant to be, they're not meant to be so big that you can't. So what I recommend also, if you've got lofty goals, half the goal and double the time. Let me give you an example. You want to, you want to do, you want to lose 10 pounds in two months, make it five pounds in four months, make it more doable. So you don't get overwhelmed and don't come in with a sword, come in with a laser focused uh, rifle shot. I love it. I love it. And you come at this space of being legendary and coaching people and coaching businesses from a fairly interesting, if I could say, personal background, right? That that that, that what you bring to that, right? So I, I love our listeners to kind of know it's like, yeah, cool. Tommy's a cool guy, right? He has a lot of energy. He certainly has a lot of passion around what he's doing. But, you know, there's a lot of folks like that who go out there and do this stuff. But I think you have a slightly different dimension to how you've gotten to here. Maybe maybe give, give a little peek behind the tent to our audience. Yeah, so professionally, I was in uh, financial consulting, public accounting, and mergers and acquisitions for almost 20-plus years. I was a senior partner. I was a member of the board of directors of one of the largest financial consulting firms. To give you a, give you a perspective, I grew up at Deloitte, so that's my background. Was recruited out of there to a very large German firm, was recruited out of there to a very large middle market firm where I ran the international practice, and I was a senior partner and member of the board. Here's, the, here's where the kicker came in. I had never planned on leaving that industry because my financial, I was set financially. I was at the top of the game at 39 years old. Most of the people in that boardroom were in their 60s, all but two of us. And so my financial security was set. I was a leader of the international practice and one of the, one of the top people in the firm. Big, fancy corp. You should have seen this office, man. Like it was just something obnoxious out of a movie. But here's the kicker. I went through, see, I grew up from humble beginnings. I grew up, I grew up on a lot with a lot of violence, a lot of abuse, and I never dealt with any of that stuff. And so throughout my career, not coming from a professional background, I was the first person to graduate college in my family. And also, just so you know, when I had a full ride to Georgia and the University of Miami when I was 18 years old, because I grew up around a violence and abuse, I became that. And at 18, I committed a violent crime, was looking at seven years in prison. At 18 years old, thought my life was over. Luckily, I was the first violent offense. They dropped it to heavy misdemeanors, mm. sentenced to two years, spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. I literally went from a jail cell to Deloitte and Touche in three years. Mm. From a lot of grit, a lot of hard work, put myself through community college, eventually to the University of Georgia, yada, yada, yada. But fast forward, I'm 36. I've got the whole world in my hands. I'm competing but I never dealt with those fears and securities and that story I was living. And that manifests itself as the important guy, the arrogant guy, the, the guy who wanted to make more and more and more money and work harder and harder and harder. And I basically collapsed. You know, I almost lost my firm, my marriage, 
in my life all in, at 36 years old. And I said, as enough is enough. And I never planned on leaving the world, that world. I just started investing in me. And I call it the inner game, my emotional health, my mental health, my spiritual health, and my physical health, so that I could be the best leader, the best husband, and the best man. Not this insecure guy who couldn't ask for help, who was arrogant. By the arrogance, it's just an insecure human, right? The guy that couldn't ask for help, the tough guy, important guy, the guy that bought all the drinks guy. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like a good craft beer to this day, but that was never me. And I thought if I made the most money, got the biggest title, the fanciest car, and the biggest salary, I'd be happy. And to me, brother, I, here's my brother right there. Patrick, I know all of those things are important. I'm a money guy. And I believe that great people who want to make significance and have impact need to make a lot of money. But I didn't have any inner game at all. And when I worked on that, that's when I became international practice leader, senior partner, board of director. My money doubled. My network doubled. My marriage was the best it's ever been. And here's the key. All of these entrepreneurs, corporate executives, bankers, accountants, lawyers, everything in between started reaching out to me for help. Hey, your marriage is great. You seem peaceful. You seem happy. You didn't give up your ambition. You didn't give up your drive. You're making more money than you've ever made. What drug are you taking? What are you doing? <laughs> That's how the coaching fell into my lap. Nice. It literally fell into my lap. And then we wrote a best-selling book and the rest is history. I love it. I love it. It's such a, it, again, everybody kind of looks at great leaders and people who get inspired and you think they kind of just were born that way or, <laughs> or, or, right. It's like, well, I was born that way. And people could be listening. Of course, you know, Tommy says he's going to live legendary. That's he was born that way. And so I really did want to kind of let people go, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe he was, he just had to discover that he was born that way. And a it's legendary like a little bit of a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to go to a concept, a couple of things I just, just jumped out at me at the book and how I hear you talk about some things. You use this notion of kind of, you know, a, a good leader has to connect their passion and their purpose. And you just brought purpose up pretty strongly. And we've explored that in a bunch of podcast interviews. And there's a lot of companies now, you know, that's a cool buzzword, right? It's like, what's our corporate purpose and that kind of stuff. And either it's authentic or not. And we don't even have to get into that. But you call, kind of call the marriage of those things. I think the term you use is the kind of the zone of brilliance. How do you, how do you help people think about that and kind of bring that concept to life for us? So your zone of brilliance is two legs of a three-legged stool of purpose. Now, we'll just talk about, to me, zone of brilliance. It's all about being a pro. And so many of us want to be pros, but we get caught up in the day-to-day music, munitia, you know, the, the, the minutia, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. We're looking at email. And by the way, emails, other people's to-do lists. We're checking text. We've got administration, finance, operations. But what are you truly good at, especially if you're an executive or an entrepreneur or you're a decision maker? What are you truly good at doing? And we're good at one to three. We're really good at one to three things. But chances are during your day, you're doing 10 things. And even me, who's a master outsourcer and delegator, I find myself in the minutia too often. But here's the thing. If I can stay in my zone of brilliance, and here's the two legs of that stool, you're super good at doing it and you enjoy it. Because I'm super good at making companies efficient, making more profitable, finding the holes, because that's what I was designed to do in the M&A and financial consulting world for a gazillion years. I don't love it. So I don't do it as much as I used to anymore. I love getting the best out of people, holding space for people, and helping them be better in all phases of their life. If I do that, I love it, and I'm world-class at doing that. If I can be a pro, and that's being a pro, not being an amateur. If I can be a pro at first for only one hour a day, profitability, efficiency, movement in the company, working on the company and not in the company. I'm sure you heard that a thousand times. 
And if you can get that up to four hours a day and outsource the rest and then go back to your email, go back to looking at the financials, get look at your customer list, blah, 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 all the stuff we have to look at as business owners. If you can work in your zone of brilliance for one to four hours a day, if you can do four, that's world-class. That's the Stephen Kings of the world, the world-class rock stars, the world-class executives. And by the way, all of those people have coaches and people who help them to get better and who help them to be focused and who help outsource everything else to what other people's zone of brilliance are. You do you for one to four hours a day. And if you do that, that is called being a pro. And that's what I call your zone of brilliance. I love it again, but I listen to, I, I, I have this thing that I have our listeners in my head. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a curse. And and they're like, Hey, I'm a middle manager and so-and-so, so, so-and-so company, right. I'm a cog in the wheel. I don't run my own ship. Right. I don't, I don't be able to do that. How can I possibly be a pro? How can I possibly kind of be in my zone of brilliance? Because everybody's coming down to me and I don't have time to free up an hour. I, I, I the, the grind is getting me. How do you kick somebody in the butt that way? And that's exactly how I'll say it. How do you kick somebody in the butt who has, who yeah, has that everything that you just said is a flat lie. Everything. I don't have time. Lie. So let the record show. I didn't say it. I was channeling a listener out there. No, I'm totally teasing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree. have time. Lie. I've got too many responsibilities. A lie. We teach people how to treat us. The first thing is if you don't enjoy anything you're doing, you got to get in a different job, period, because you're going to collapse. Seriously, you're going to be unhappy in life and professionally, and your work is going to suck. So let's just start there. However, the truth is, gracefully over time, even if you're a brand new staff, the company and your management or the executives or the people you report to, they like to delegate down and sideways and they like to make their life easier. But we can, with the simple word of no and also asking them for help. Okay, Joe, Sally, you've given me 177 tasks to do by two o'clock today. Well, it's 12 o'clock today. I can't do 277 or 177 and really good. What's your one thing? What's your priority? Oh, that's your priority. Well, you didn't hire me for that. I'm really crappy at that. But your second priority is what you hired me for. If I do that and get it to you by then, we teach people how to teach us. When you ask people for help, they want to help you. Unless they're complete narcissist asses, they want to help you. So if you can, you can get them to help you prioritize, you can get them from, to ask for help, you can gracefully over time say no to certain things. Shut down your email, which is just a distraction. Shut down your phone, which is just a distraction, and concentrate on getting that task done and then going through your priorities. But you've got to be – the first thing is you've got to be in a job that you somewhat enjoy and that you're somewhat good at or you've got to get out because you're going to collapse. It's not if, it's when. But you train people how to teach you. They want you to work in your zone of brilliance. That's what they hired you for. That's what makes them the most profitable and the most efficient. You can say no with grace and you can ask for help. But here's the truth. No one has any more 24 hours than anybody else. And no, everybody does. Everybody has the same amount of time. Same, it's just how you use your time. And I guarantee you that person who says, I don't have time or I'm too busy. I've got too many responsibilities. It's because A, they lack priorities. B, they lack boundaries. C, they lack for help. And D, they can't say no. That's the truth. Man, amen. You know, there's a, I'll connect it to chapter six of the book, by the way. Chapter six, personal mission statement. I wasn't going to quiz you on what chapter six was. Just, I wouldn't, didn't want to put you it's on, on page spot. 59. How about yeah, that? Yeah, 59, second half, right? Perfect. But chapter six, this notion of personal mission statement, it's kind of related to what you were just talking about. Be clear. And you have a slightly different take on that. Give us a little bit of how you see, you know, owning that personal mission statement being something that you can mm -hmm. kind of hold true to your authenticity and do that work that way. 
I'll start with the purpose and vision, and then I'll go to mission. Cool. What I love about your personal or organizational purpose is it can change during what the seizing of your life, depending on what you believe in, what's your priority, what you want to serve, what, what is bigger than you. Your, your purpose changes throughout the season of your life, right? For companies and people, it just changes. It's something bigger than you. Your vision is your North Star. That's where we want to go. That's like our biggest dream, personally, professionally, as an organization. Here's your mission. Here's the great thing about your mission. It's your non-negotiables. It's your core values. It's who you are emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and integrity-wise. It is the rock that you stand on. It's what you'd fight for, what your non-negotiables are, who you are, and where you plant your flag. Whereas your vision and purpose can change, your personal mission statement doesn't. That's what you stand for, what you'd fight for, what your goals are, what your aspirations are, who you want to be remembered for. That is the rock that you stand on. And so many professionals, especially ambitious, driven people, and takes one to know one, you're talking to one of them right now. So many of us stand on our respect. So many of us stand on our title. So many of us stand on our money, our status, our power, our car, what Johnny across the street thinks. And some of us even put so much stock on our, in our families that it's unhealthy. But here's the sad part. You ready? All of that can be taken away from you like that. Every one of those things. All of them. And if you don't have a rock to stand on, if you put all your, all your emotional stability and who you are into what you do or what you have or those other things we talk about that, that are so fleeting that can be taken away from you in a second. I see it every day of my life. If you're not standing on a rock-solid foundation of a personal mission statement, if you're not building those mental and emotional muscles just like your physical muscles, if you're weak mentally and emotionally, you know who you are and you don't stand on something solid, it's not if you're going to collapse or be miserable or be judgmental or be unhappy or be unhealthy or all the above. It's when. So to me, the personal mission statement is the rock that you stand on, but you've got to also do the reps every single day of mental, emotional, and if it's important to you, spiritual strength. So that when life happens, not if, you stand there strong, head up, shoulders back, and you say, I've got this. The only way you can do that is working on the inner game. Awesome, awesome stuff. I, I'm going to shift to to noise control, right? I, 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 I you know, I, I know that's an area for you to kind of think about, and I know a lot of our listeners and any leader kind of has to sort through a whole boatload of noise that disrupt you and kind of get you off track of a purpose, right? So, you know, you have some pretty interesting ways you think about that. Why don't you share some of that? Yeah, cut it off. All of it, 100% of it. Here's why. I learned this a long time ago from a guy named Tim Ferriss. He wrote something called The 4-Hour Workweek, which people missed the punchline in that book. The punchline is he worked six, 80, you know, 80 hours for six years to get to that 4-Hour Workweek. You just don't do four hours, so they forget that part. But one of the most important things he said that I have implemented in my life, and from happiness to leadership to success to peace of mind, it's been 10x. We've got to cut out societal noise. You got to cut it out. Social media, reality TV, 24-hour news, negative people in our life, yeah, anything, the, the crap that they play on Netflix and Amazon, and I'll tell you why. It's meant to divide you. It's meant to scare you. It's theater. And you're the puppet, by the way. We are the puppet. It's complete theater. They sensationalize everything. They want you to be scary. They want you to be worried. They want you to be divided. 
And if you can cut it off and just do you, nutrition in equals nutrition out, goodness in equals goodness out, poison in, social media, 24-hour news, negative TV, reality TV, that's poison. It poisons your soul. It poisons your mind. If you can cut it off or limit it significantly, your life, your happiness, your success, your money will 10x. I haven't been almost zero affected by all this political theater that's happened over the past year. Let me tell you what also happens. People are like, well, you're, you're uninformed. Actually, quite the opposite, because mm-hmm. I'm in the leadership business. Most of my people are upper-level executives. I get to hear all their nonsense. However, if it's really important in the news, four people are going to tell you about it that day. So you're not going to be uninformed. You can't be uninformed. What you will be is you won't be polluted by their opinions. Yes. And you can stay the course. But it, it, it starts with you got to get the negative people out of your life. Friends, families, coworkers that are bringing you down, the anchors, the judges, the fear mongers, the enlighten, you know, the martyrs, the victims, blah, blah, blah. Limit social media or change your feed to positive. My feed is all positive stuff, all business, money, and, and inspiration. Cut off all 24-hour news. To hell with that. The only way we can take back this country is turning that crap off, period. They're all they're making money hand over fist, and we're the puppets, period. And watch, you know, put nutrition into your body, put goodness into your body, put motivation into your body, a great business book, a podcast, listen to pod- Patrick's podcast every single day. Seriously, you know, list, read books, meditate, write gratitude journals, talk to a friend, get, you know what I'm saying? Put goodness into your body and goodness will come out. And I'm talking mental, emotional, and nutrition. Awesome. Awesome. So I go back to where I started before I have one or two other things. So... <clears throat> There's people listening to us going, crap, I've got to learn more about this guy and I got to get into it. So I know there's a book that may be well-received, maybe, like maybe on some <laughs> book lists and stuff. I say kiddingly, yes. right? So, so tell, us the, tell us the success of the book. Yeah, I'm super grateful for it. I never in a million years thought I would write a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling book. The book is called Legendary. And I'll tell you what it covers. It through life's tragedies and challenges and great mentors and great coaches and great stories of people that have inspired me. It's a very easy, quick read on how to build and live a legendary life. But what I love about it, it's simple and it's tactical. Depending on what you're working on in your career or your life, maybe it's building a network. Maybe like we talked about earlier, reconquering your time. Maybe it's developing some financial stability leading toward financial freedom. Maybe it's finding more purpose and significance in your life. And here's what we all need. Maybe it's mastering our mindset. So that voice inside our head that says we're not good enough. Or what if they figure out I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not something? What if we master that thing and get that noise to stop? What if we could live a life of unconditional love for ourselves so that we can truly love and be compassionate to our wives, our husbands, our family, our friends? And what if we had more intimacy in our, our relationships, more authenticity, more vulnerability? And what if we led the good life? And there's simple tactics, tools, steps, and stories to help people with very easily executable thing, whatever you're working on. Is it your relationship? Is it your mindset? Is it that you're struggling with your money or your time? It will cover that in its simple, easy ways that you can implement. And again, we talk about it. It's not coming in with a sword. It's coming in with a laser shot. Just do one thing and do it for 30 days. And there's simple things of less than five minutes a day. You too, over time, from money to success to network to happiness. None of this is, means 
Jack nothing. I almost used some words that probably you don't want me to use. None of this means anything. It's a safe environment. You can say Okay, it. okay. <laughs> no one's going to read our resumes. Right. I was set financially at a young 30 years age. I couldn't find happiness, peace of mind. If it had slapped me in the face, now from money to happiness, and it's about the work. It's about doing the reps. It's about getting up every day. And not only doing our physical bodies, but our mental, emotional, spiritual bodies. Work on our inner game because we can't truly be great leaders unless we lead ourselves. That's the fact. And the number one confidence, you know, the thing that people are attracted to the most, there's two things. Confidence, which is earned by doing reps, doing it over and over again, that zone of brilliance, both in life and doing the reps. Confidence is earned. And the second one's optimism. And you can't be optimistic if you're unhappy. And so if you're leading, you've got to be confident and optimistic. How do you do that? You've got to work on yourself first. You can't work on them or your organization if you're a mess. So start with you and then go lead. Lead yourself so you can lead others. I love it. I feel like like we're going to church. We had a guest on the podcast a while back, Cassandra Worthy, who you may know. I don't know if you know Cassandra. Huh? Yeah, I mean, and she was like, well, literally, I, I had to interrupt halfway through. I said, I kind of feel like I'm at a revival, right? Because there's, so <laughs> there's so much energy, enthusiasm that comes out of it. It's the same thing with you. And I understand you may be actually doing a kind of a revival, right? There's, a, <laughs> there's, an, there's an event coming up where people may not just be able to read about it. They actually may be able to come experience it. Tell us more. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not a revival. Yeah, I, I'll take that, right? So what I love about my work is the book... And my public speaking is a universal message. I run something called Legendary Life Executive Men's Retreats, Men's Conferences, and Men's Masterminds. And I'll tell you why I concentrate on men. In 2022, we're starting a women's movement with some great women leaders that's coming. I'll tell you right now, we concentrate on men. We just don't want them to be great leaders and make money. We want that. We do have, we're very business-centric. We want them to be great fathers. We want them to be great husbands, and we want them to be great leaders. And 99% of ambitious driven men, they crave respect, they crave power, they crave status, and they don't like embarrassment or feeling less than. So when we get deep, we don't just work on their money and leadership. We also work on their hearts and minds and help them with confidence and courage and to be better men. And if there's women in the room and they show weakness or ask for help, they shut down. That's the truth. That's sad. I wish it wasn't that way. So right now, our legendary life retreats, our legendary life conferences, and our legendary life mastermind is concentrated toward building building better men, leaders, husbands, fathers. And we work on all phases of our life. It's a holistic approach. 2022, we will be running those for women because it's very much needed in that community as well. So I'm excited about that. But right now, we've got a bunch of retreats and conferences coming up, and we run a mastermind. And it really is, is how do we lean in every single day to be better in all phases of our lives? And so that that's what my program is about. And that's what lights me up every single day. I love it. Where can people go find out about some of these upcoming retreats? Absolutely. They can reach us at, uh, of course, our website's tommybreedlove.com. You can, you can email us directly at info at tommybreedlove.com. We're all over LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We love putting life hacks, money hacks, leadership hacks, and you know, you know, how do we be better, right? We don't put any negative or political or darkness out there. None of that crap. But check us out on social media at Tommy Breedlove. We're all over the place. And if you Google me, I'm man, I'll pop up big time. And also check out the book. That's where you start. Is check out the book. And if you're interested in leaning in and having a group of men around you who are working to be better in all phases of their life, 
this is the group for you. And uh, women, we're excited. 2022, it's coming online. But check us out. Email us directly at info at tommybreedlove.com. We've got five more retreats coming up and two conferences. Excited about that. And we do run a uh, mastermind. So if you want to be a little better, check us out. Awesome. I love it. You know, I, I, I view the value of all these conversations is how much I've learned and how many weird little notes that I've been making on my desk as you've been talking. So the note list is pretty big. So that's usually a good sign that we had a great conversation. I just challenge our, our listeners. You know, we get hung up and I got to drive change. I got to drive change. And I think Tommy really broke it down to us to how to personally get yourself set to be the type of change cultivation leader you need to be. So Tommy, on behalf of uh, our team at Change Cultivators, thanks so much for taking a couple minutes of your day and sharing your energy and your passion. It was a treat. Patrick, what an honor for all of us. Let's go look in the mirror. It's our problem and our solution. Go participate in your own rescue. Awesome. Thanks again. Take care, brother.